Guys, we're back at it again with the rom-coms this week on the podcast, and boy, let me tell y'all something. I really think we made a mistake this time. Guys, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the show that's bringing in the new year the right way. 23 beers deep, passed out in Chili's parking lot. I am your host, Max Steele, and as always, I am joined by the human equivalent of a wet fart. It's Michael Flaherty. Hey, this wet fart is 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 still inside the is inside the chilies that you, whose parking lot you're passed out in. I'm just fighting the waiters at this point. I'm 14 beers deep, so I got to get to you, but I'm not passed out yet, so I'm so I'm just duking it out with the hostess. A nice stain on the chilies booth. Just absolutely nice stench remanating, you know, some 45-year-old mom trying to single mom trying to pick up a, a you know, nice guy to bring back home to the kids. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. she's smoking Absolutely. a cigarette, got half a tit out, just like wanting to find someone to bring home to show the kids. But mainly she just wants a good fuck. That's the vibe that I think we're going for. Absolutely. Absolutely. 14 beers deep, all of that and listening to Overkill by Motorhead all at the same time. I don't know how we're going to segue from whatever the fuck that was to talking about our movie of the week. guys. We're talking about the, when was it again? When was it again? When was it again? I'm checking. 2011. We're talking about the 2011 thing that is New Year's Eve. It's an intertwining of stories and people's lives on the eve of the new year. Told in kind of a way like Pulp Fiction, but not of the quality. Mike, Mm -hmm. what did you think of this movie? You know, most of the time when like movies are not like and obviously the classic is Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. when movies are shot in this like disjointed order, I'm capable of at least like at a certain point in the film piecing a law piecing how all of these characters feed into one another. But not this movie. This movie went what if and you'll and follow us on this. This was in an anthology that we told you at once all at the same time with people who tangentially know each other. And it's like it's and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I feel how I feel about that. And they're like, no, it's OK. And then some A-list celebrity happens to be the waiter waiter for another A-list celebrity who's who the movie was focusing on previously. And now it's just about the waiter. And you're like, it's you're like, why? Why? And, you know, to give the movie at least some credit, I actually was listening to our avalanche shark episode earlier today. (laughs) And to give this movie at least some credit because they got such identifiable stars, I was at least able to keep track of, Oh, this is this person's story. This is this person's story. This now we're with Zach Efron. Now we're with Josh Duhamel. Now we're with fucking Halle Berry. Yeah, to give it that credit at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. The movie did the baseline where it went. Okay, we're at least gonna try and like it. Make sure that you understand what's going on. At the very least, which mm. I do appreciate, but I but I gotta say, <laughs> this movie is a 
a where's Waldo, a who's who of just celebrities that are in this. It is it is like ridiculous. And now talking of all of the celebrities, who were you most surprised to see in this movie? Okay, let me I, I have it. Um. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Common, the rapper Common, he's really? in the movie. Yeah, I do. Co- really, you thought you weren't surprised? You saw him and went that tracks. Like, I mean, I was I like, mean, Com- the thing about Common is he's like in everything. So, like at this point, I am just kind of like, if Common shows up in like the next ten movies, I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, that tracks. I don't like. I don't know why. There's just something about him where he's just like in everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's like, he's got, he, he, he has a more subtle version of Melissa McCarthy syndrome where it's just mm-hmm. like, you're like, oh my God, you're in this too. Oh my God. You're in this too. <laughs> and you know, you know who I was shocked. I'll give you a couple. Mm. I'll give you a couple of answers. I got three here. I was shocked to see John Bon Jovi in this movie. Oh, that is true. He was a weird choice. Yeah, it <laughs> that was, is it was true. very. But you know, with the musical number that they do, I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. Seth Meyers. The more that I thought about it, that one got me more confused than anything. Because I don't know. I guess I just yeah. see him as like you know nowadays as like a comedian, a late night host, not really a person that would be in you know a movie like this where he's not cameoing as himself. Yeah, it's like it's like watching watching a movie that has Jimmy Fallon as the star. Mm-hmm. You're like you're like, "Oh, this feels wrong. This mm-hmm. kind of just feels wrong more than anything else." So, I get that. I I I totally understand that. And the last but, one yeah. I'll say is Ryan Seacrest. Oh. <laughs> the I was Seacrest. I was shocked, but I was like, okay, that kind of like I was thought, like, wait, why is he? And I was like, oh, wait a second, that makes sense. It's New Year's. It's New Year's. Who the hell else is it gonna be? <laughs> You're gonna expect all of this, all of a sudden this movie turns into American Idol. I just, like, oh the, my the god. Just, the ball drops and it like unleashes an explosion, and <laughs> Simon just... Cowell is in the middle of it. <laughs> Simon Cowell emerges from the explosion, and like Paula Abdul and Reggie Jackson have like angel wings and they're flying in. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just it's just it's a no from me dog and you're like hell yeah reggie now like we said earlier this movie is a whole bunch of different stories intertwined in a weird way now the own all these stories are your run-of-the-mill fucking rom-com like your hallmark movie of the week but the one story that i could maybe see making a perfectly fine standalone rom-com or concept was the Zac Efron story. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. like the, the whole concept with that one guys. And we'll get into this when we talk about the movie is he's helping this woman accomplish everything that she's got to knock out on her new year's resolution list on new year's Eve. I'm like, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. It's a relatively inoffensive concept. But everything else, like it's done in such a bleh way, and the rest are done in just such a blah, like milk toast way that this movie just feels so it's, empty. 
Yeah, exactly. That's the that is the word. It feels hollow because there's mm-hmm. nothing that like they do that you're like, whoa, that's insane. Who would have not not what I would have thought. Mm-hmm. And it's no left turns like an avalanche sharks or obvious, just terrible stuff. It's just all of it is just this very milk toast bland sort of boilerplate story that someone didn't finish prepping mm-hmm. and like like you said the zach efron michelle pfeiffer storyline was genuine like i could see if someone sat down and put actual elbow grease into like making the script and like turned that into a thing and like gave a shit for one like i could totally see that being something like i could totally see that being something it wouldn't be great it wouldn't be groundbreaking but you know it'd be something but you, yeah, exactly like you said, they just they just went the golden. They just did what I call the golden corral method, where they're like, "We're just gonna give you everything." Is it gonna be good? Absolutely not. But we're gonna give you just about everything. And you're like, I, I, I'd prefer it if you just gave me like one or two things that were like pretty good, mm-hmm. but not not eight, not fucking eight. Now, much like the chef behind A Good Meal, let's look at the director behind this movie, Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall! Who's better known for being the creator of, oh, I don't fucking know, Happy Days, Mork and Mendy, wrote some episodes of The Dick Van Dyke Show, directed fucking (laughs) The Princess Bride and Pretty Woman. He directed this. Let's th- let's let's stop for a second. Some of the most influential sitcoms ever. This it's I I it's it's so insane to me because I literally I I'm with you I'm with you I looked and saw I was like I was like who made this dog shit movie and then I saw Gary Marshall I was like you're kidding me are you are you serious. I was like, I was like, what happened, Gare? Like, you were doing so good. You were known as like, like one of the greatest like sitcom writers of like the of like the 20th century. And now you're making like shitty ensemble movies. What what was happening, man? Uh, oh wait, but this wasn't his first shitty ensemble movie. Oh, Be- because you see. New Year's Eve is actually a part of an unofficial trilogy of films. <laughs> the, the first one was Valentine's Day, which was also an ensemble movie that, fe- that does feature, let me pull it up here, that does feature a bit of an ensemble cast, Julia Roberts, Jamie Foxx, Jessica Alba, Anne Hathaway, Kathy Bakes, Jessica Biel, who's also in this movie, fucking Bradley Cooper. So there was out and Jennifer Garner. (laughs) Jennifer Garner, Ashton Kutcher, and Taylor Lautner, and Queen Latifah, and George Lopez. Sorry, I just kept scrolling down and seeing just more names (laughs) as I was going. Dude, that was okay. All right. And and, okay, so I'm I'm assuming that New Year's Eve is the middle child. Mm-hmm. Now, what is what is this fabled third movie? Is it art? Please tell me it's Arbor Day. I'm crossing or ooh MLK Day. I want an MLK Day ensemble <laughs> it, movie. No, it's not. It's not an MLK Day. 
It's Mother's Day. And that has Jennifer Aniston, Kate Hudson, Julia Roberts, Jason Sudeikis. Um, yeah, not really an oh. ensemble movie. But you want to know what I'm looking forward to? I'm mm. looking forward to the to the fourth movie where it's called Labor Day. Fight for oh. your workers' rights. Yeah, absolutely. It's got... It's just got everyone from like it's got everyone from like like uh oh my god Henry Winkler to like I don't know Kathy Bates and they're all picketing and just being just being like livable wages livable wages <laughs> and they all find love and they all and they all get their forty hour work week and that's all mm-hmm. that matters now before we go into the drink. Um, I'm sure it wouldn't surprise you, Mike, that this movie was nominated for a buttload of Razzies. Oh, I fucking believe it. <laughs> that's, so let's not surprising. So so let's go through. We got okay. worst picture, worst director, mm-hmm. worst actress mm-hmm. for Sarah Jessica Parker, worst screenplay oh, for oh, the yeah. screenwriter Catherine. I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce that last name. Worst screen ensemble. Now, do you know? Which movie this shared nominations with? Oh my god, 2011. I'm trying to think back to 2011, and I'm getting the I'm getting the on the spot brain like blanking that you see mm-hmm. so often because I'm like I'm like damn it, damn it. What movie came out 2011? Dark Knight Rises? Nope, that's 2012. Um, ah, damn. Is it Jack? No, it's not Jack and Jill. That was a. Uh, that was later. No, no, that is, is it, true. That that is true, but that's not the movie that I'm talking is about. It, is it? Is it Bucky fucking Larson? It's for Bucky fucking Larson. <laughs> like, damn it! Damn it! Damn it! It's this is it's like a shadow. It's like it's like a shadow is looming over us. Like every I wake up and I just when, when I have sleep paralysis, my sleep paralysis demon. Isn't some shadowy figure or anything like that? It's just Bucky Larson <laughs> just standing it's, in the corner. Bro, that movie—that's the movie that's gonna follow us like till we die. And I am terrified <laughs> for when we inevitably cover Jack and Jill. Dude, oh, that is. Oh no! Please, you don't. guys gotta you pay. Just, you guys gotta you pay just, us for that one. You just spoke that into existence, and I, I, oh my god, it's. I have never wanted to see less of Al Pacino and Adam Sandler. I've never wanted to see less of Al Pacino. Al Pacino's fantastic too. But if I have to watch Al Pacino do a dance number to Dunkin' Donuts, I'm going to hurt someone. <laughs> have you seen that clip? I have not, and I kind of no, don't want literally, to. It is, a, it is a song and dance number inside of a Dunkin' Donuts, and he calls himself Dunkachino. <laughs> Oh, he God. was in he was in Scarface and the guy was he in the Godfather? I don't think he was. Was he? I don't think I don't was think he? so. Oh no, probably not. But he was in Scarface. Like and and the Irishman. What why is he? Oh no, he was in the part. He was in the Godfather. My mistake. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. That's what I that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. Oh my god. So, so now we're we're gonna get into the important questions that you guys come here for this podcast, Mike. This movie were a drink. What would it be, and why? Okay, I'm gonna start with uh, with what the base 
I thought of was. See, obviously, it's New Year's, so it's got to be champagne. I feel like that's almost without saying. There's no real sugarcoating it. This movie's whole shtick is involves New Year's. So a lot of my a lot of my cocktail a lot of my cocktail is going to revolve around champagne and like you know what a little bit of prosecco or something if you're cheaping out. But the the the, the shtick I have with this is instead of when you when you make a movie and you got to put a cocktail to the movie or like make a drink around the movie it's all about taking really interesting ingredients interesting themes and then sort of pairing it all together with the characters the aesthetics like the score how it develops what's the end result now i now what you don't want to do is you don't want to throw a lot of just good things that are good completely on their own all together in a massive quantity and amount because then you're going to not get any of the flavors out of any of these and you're just going to ruin it. You're just going to flat out ruin it. So I am here to present to you my New Year's my my New Year's Eve the movie cocktail Mm-hmm. Because there are eight storylines. Mm-hmm. I have found eight cocktails for one for each storyline. And you know what you're gonna do at the very end? I'll fucking tell you. I'm sure you, I'm sure you can I'm sure you can piece together what happens. You th- just throw it all together because yeah, that's what the movie is. <laughs> Go to hell. Okay, so Zach Efron and Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay, we got Zac Efron, who plays like dumb, shallowy, sort of like, you know, early 20-something, who's like 100% just out of college. Mm-hmm. Definitely still like does the immature thing. Natty Icehouse. Come on. There's no intelligence there. There's definitely some like leftover, let's crush bruise on a Wednesday, which, which you know, he's an adult now, but, you know, he mm-hmm. doesn't act. And then Michelle Pfeiffer, all right, she's supposed to be stuffy, a little uptight, kind of boring. So I'm thinking just not not that this cocktail is stuffy and uptight, but I'm going with a gin and tonic. But it's New Year's Eve. We don't need tonic in this house. It's only bubbly. Find your bubbly. I chose champagne. You could choose Prosecco. Just something. Uh, okay, moving on. Ashton Kutcher and Leah Michelle. All right, Ashton Kutcher, kind of just sloppy guy, kind of just stick in the mud. Uh, he's not classy. He's not interesting. Bottom shelf wild turkey. That's all you need. Uh, Lee Michelle. She's like you know a little up, a little uptight. Just sort of, sort of like a um, like your classic like uptight like uh, girl. She was in Glee. Sort of very preppy and like all of that. So I'm gonna pick an apple teeny wild turkey and an apple teeny. Mix them together. Moving on. Josh Duhamel. And uh, he is just guy number five. Like, he is so there. So we're going to just give him a Sam Adams IPA because IPA is just pumpkin spice lattes for guys. And Sam Adams because, oh, there's nothing interesting going on there. There's no development. It's just, it gets gets you drunk. Uh, But 
One interesting thing about Josh Duhamel's storyline, which I'm sure we'll get into, one of the people in his storyline is Yardley Smith, who, if you don't know, is Lisa fucking Simpson. So just to add some spice to Josh Duhamel, we're going to do the forget me shot that Mo makes from The Simpsons. Okay, moving on. Jessica Biel and Sarah Paulson. Uh, we're just, we're just, we're just gonna do an adios, motherfucker. Just because I, these people, they're, they're just trashy and they're in a race to get rich. And I, and I just don't like them and I just want to get them off the screen. And them being on the screen makes me, makes me sad and mad. So, uh, adios, motherfucker. Uh, Hillary Swank and Ludacris. Yeah, Ludacris is in the movie. Where I did it a little differently. Uh, Hillary Swank, just straight up champagne because her whole thing is she's running New Year's. She has zero development. All she is is the New Year's lady. Uh, Ludacris. There's Ludacris is the policeman who assists the New Year's lady. There's nothing interesting going on with him. But Ludacris is from Atlanta. So we're going to we're gonna do champagne with a lemon pepper chicken wing dropped in the champagne. <laughs> Moving on, Catherine Heigl and John Bon Jovi. Uh, uh, Catherine Heigl, you know, she's a chef. She's like prepping stuff. I'm just thinking like a like a chefy cocktail. It's got a little bit of champagne, some interesting peach, a Bellini. So, all right. Uh, John Bon Jovi, I don't know when's the last time you watched the Living on a Prayer music video, but there is so much hairspray in that video, I can smell it. So just take your Bellini and then pull out your favorite can of hairspray, drain it. Just point it at the point at the Bellini and just squeeze until that hair can is completely gone. All right, moving on. Sarah Jessica Parker and Abigail Bres- Breslin. Sarah Jessica Parker, Sex in the City, Cosmo. That's a no brainer. Moving and Abigail Breslin. She's here too for some fucking reason. So you know what? She's supposed to be fifteen, rebellious, all that. So let's just load that Cosmo with so much simple syrup that. You're just trying to mask the fact that it has alcohol in it, and that's you. Uh, Robert De Niro and Halle Berry. Um, Robert De Niro is playing a guy who's dying. So we're going to, and Halle Berry is taking care of him. We're just doing a penicillin shot. That's it. Uh, you take all of those, mix it together in one mixing bowl, give it a quick stir, and down the fucking hatch. And that is the New Year's Eve, the movie cocktail from me are, are you proud of yourself <laughs> what gives Dude, you the yes. right yes. what what the fuck was that journey you just took me on I, holy shit I feel like i need to take an advil oh god dude i would oh my god I went sicko mode, man. I went fucking sicko mode. That was, I'm, oh my God. I was sitting there just, I literally was sitting there trying to fucking think of a cocktail. Like, oh, this movie's got this. This movie's got this. But it was so ADHD and went, oh, but they're here. But they're here. But they're here. I'm like, no. You know what this is? Eight separate cocktails. We all that aren't good in their own right. Well, one of them is the penicillin penicillin shot's not too bad, but all thrown together. Oh, it's just not good. Not good. I mean, do I even need to read mine? (laughs) I mean, Jesus Christ, with the amount of effort you put into that one. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I did not put that much effort into this one. (laughs) 
In fact, if I'm going to be honest, it was one of those like as soon as I saw the movie, I was like, that's it. This is what it is. And I'm I'm, going to tell you what it is. So. We got fifth. We like I said earlier, we got like eight different just bland as fuck tofu stories going on. They're rom coms. And let's and but we do have a lot of star power. This movie has like, you know, top shelf fucking actors. But that doesn't save it. In fact, I'd, I'd go to as far to say it makes it even worse. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go out to Starbucks. We're going to pick up our white girl seasonal drink of choice. Let's say a peppermint mocha latte. It's December. It's still winter, you know. Go out there. It, it, it's the New Year's. It's going to be cold, sure. So although this movie has multiple stories going through it, they're all the same in terms of tone and feel, hence the peppermint mm-hmm. mocha. Yeah. What we are going to do is we're going to add a lot of fucking alcohol because they're the real star of the drink. So go out and spend an exorbitant amount of money on just the top of the line shit. I'm talking top shelf whiskey, like like a Johnny Walker blue vodka. Go out and get some Chopin Family Reserve, tequila, tears of La, tears of Lorona, gin, oh, some Cambridge anti-gin will do the trick, rum, some fucking ambassador rum. And then go out and get like a nice bottle of wine. You spend at least like $250 on it. And maybe go out and buy like an expensive beer while you're at it. And what you're going to do, it's real simple. You're going to take a shot of everything. Maybe two shots of wine and two shots of beer. Why not? Pour that into your peppermint mocha latte. Mix that shit up. Boom. That's this movie. Trying to throw just so much star power at you. It's going to make you vomit. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Two shots of wine and tequila. And that's like a Long Island iced tea, but just so, so exponentially worse. Like Long Island iced teas, like they're, they just get the job done and everyone knows what they're about. Oh God. What was the name of that this one is shot? Good Lord. There was like a name. There was like a shot we did earlier. Like, I think it was like the Sarah T episode where it was like, Every single like a shot, like a little bit of every single fucking alcohol. It's like that, except we're going to make mm-hmm. it just like basic bitch and expensive. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're we're not only going to get super drunk. We're also going to be boring about it. <laughs> so, Mike, Mike, good job with your fucking drink. I'm actually, that's that's very <laughs> impressive. I'm going to be up all night thinking about that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy of Alcoholics. Who bestowed upon me this it's is just, power. It's just the two of us. Guys, let's fucking power through this movie. We're going to be talking about New Year's Eve. We start off with a song called This is the New Year by Ian Axels. And we get shots of New York on a snowy morning. Now, this song, plus the visuals we've seen, have given me some serious, like, Christian youth group retreat vibes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting way to start this movie. But you know what? Sure. This girl named Claire gives us a voiceover about the magic and the world coming together to celebrate a new year. Now we see people unveiling, you know, the ball that they drop on New Year's. Some more shots of the New York City Police Department and we get fucking Ryan Seacrest doing a voiceover. Now we're down to Claire. Hell and yeah. she is played by Hillary Swank. She exits a car on the New York street 
And the only reason I know her name is Claire is because a PA or some shit says to another just nameless guy, says, hey, that's Claire Morgan. She's in charge. I, I, I love that. I, oh my God. I want to talk about that so damn badly. It's like the fucking she, movie is holding up a sign saying like this character is important with an arrow pointing I, to him. It's, it's literally like someone who's holding a sign going, going one of the, one of the characters, one of the characters as she's walking by. I'm like, I'm like, thanks movie. I, I got it. Cause it was Hillary fucking swank. Like I'm assuming it's not just some random person. Like, so yeah, Claire goes to talk to some radio reporter and she's doing like some QC dialogue and she we're getting like it's an exposition dump. And then uh, well, after that, boom, smash cut. We're to a New York bus. A woman exits and I think it's Michelle Pfeiffer. She yeah. almost gets – no, it is Michelle Pfeiffer. She gets hit by a taxi, then rejects all the kind New Yorkers trying to help her out, which by the way, <laughs> if, if you were – if this was actually, you know, IRL – Nobody would have fucking come to help her. She would have just, you know, fallen and the New Yorkers would have just kept minding their fucking business and probably would have laughed at her. That's yeah, it's it is wild to me that she gets hit by a car and like people are like, do you need help? And she goes, get out of here. <laughs> like, like it's like like they're like like they're like uh, harassing her or anything. <laughs> you just got hit like i would have expected that to happen but she's like mm -mm, none for but me you know, but you know who who is harassing people in this movie oh well, fucking zach efron he yep. he walks by and this mm -hmm. walking fucking me too is like hitting on every girl <laughs> he meets as he passes it's and goes into some place called ahern records incorporated it is it is so crazy to me. Like this sequence, I just went, oh, oh God, this Jesus, this aged badly. Is because he's sitting there just he's sitting there catcalling every single woman in sight. Like it, it, he is leaving no stone unturned. Like he's just walking up. Hey, what's going on? You're pretty hot. Hey, who who hey, I'm I, I work at Ahert or some something like that. And the whole time, I'm just sitting there going, "Oh, man, Zach, what, what happened?" Like, dude, like, dude, dude, no, this is, this is not. I mean, I guess this is where like someone got inspiration for him playing uh, Ted Bundy. Like they oh saw yeah, that, exactly. Saw this movie, exactly. and we're just like, I see something here. I just like, yeah, the idea of the idea of the person who was the directing. It was just like. I watched New Year's Eve and I knew that he would make a magnificent. I just saw it. I just saw death in Zac Efron's eyes in this movie <laughs> as he hung out with Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay, so let's keep let's keep fucking going, guys. We got a lot to get through. I got 26 pages of fucking notes to get through and I'm on page <laughs> like, two. It's <sighs> as long as the screenplay. Dude, all fucking almost. So we got another smash cut. Boom. Hospital. We get fucking Sarah Paulson and that one dude from Inglorious Bastards. So Sarah Paulson oh, yeah. is ridiculous. She's ridiculously pregnant. And through exposition with another pregnant couple, we hear that the first baby born on the new year gets $25,000. And the other couple is Seth Myers and Jessica fucking Beale. I seriously thought that we left Jessica Beale 
back in fucking October when we were talking about the Texas Chainsaw <laughs> remake. Oh my it's, god! I, I just, I, I just, hey, place your bets now. Who is going to become the recurring messed up at midnight actor or actress? Like it's with Nick Nicholas Cage does not count. Just because Nicolas Cage, we did a whole month about him, so it's kind of he gets an unfair advantage. He is our mascot. He is the, he is the mascot. Mm-hmm. I'm you know I'd Jessica Biel may be it unless we unless we get unless we start digging into the Resident Evil slash Underworld series. I think Jessica Biel's got a got a shot at the uh, most recurring A level actor. I mean, she she could definitely be a contender. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think we'll we'll wait and see it at our at our year mark. Mm-hmm. Just have to wait and see. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so the um, there's like a weird joke about a vagina and someone putting a camera inside Sarah Paulson's vagina, and Sarah <laughs> Paulson and Glorious Bastards get taken away by a male nurse. While Seth Meyers and Jessica Biel try to figure out how to induce labor so they can get that money. Next scene. That's. I they, no, we do have to move fast. We're, we're moving, it guys. Is, it's just the fact that they're like that they're like fuck this kid. I need twenty racks. Like <laughs> is just that's kind of weird to me. And like I mean, it's that is just weird. But you know what? Fuck it. It's 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 that's their get. That's their gimmick for their storyline. Moving on. Fuck it. Yeah. So next scene. We're at like an art student's apartment and we fucking got Ashton Kutcher up in this bitch too. So his phone rings and it's Zach Efron calling him. They're like, I don't know, friends or roommates or some shit. And Zach is like, hey, we have to do something this year. And Ashton's like destroying his apartment complexes, New Year's Eve decorations. He's just feeling so edgy and cynical. And Efron's like, bro, come on out. We're going out tonight. And it's that conversation you've had with your bro like a million times when one of them wants to go out and the other doesn't. So anyway, Efron hangs up and Ashton redo, like redoes a sign that says Happy New Year's to Crappy New Year's. And it's, I just want, I want to fucking know something. Did somebody <laughs> shit in Ashton Kutcher's cereal every New Year's Day for 15 years? <laughs> Why is he so fucking it's cynical? So- it it's like the thing is it's like it's new year's it's not like one it's not like a holiday where like it we're like it's not the common cynical holidays is what i'm trying to say like a christmas or valentine's day christmas valentine's day new year's you know maybe even a little bit of fourth of july if you're feeling a little extra spicy but Mm. it's just it's just the most like like New Year's the the time when people just get really trashed and stay up till midnight. That's your that's the hill you die on. That's your that's your it's evil. <laughs> like, bro, it's just staying up late and going Happy New Year. Like, we don't do much wild stuff about it. Next scene, we're at a fucking church and a marriage is going on. The groom kisses the bride, but we see that no one's at the wedding. So the groom starts talking to Josh Duhamel. If you don't know who that is, that's the one military dude from Transformers. And he's like, hey, bro, enjoy your late night bar hopping. You're the last of us. By the way, do you know who this do you know who the groom is? Who's the groom? <laughs> you want to know who it is? I do. It's, my, I, it's I, motherfucking uh, uh, Joey McIntyre. Do you know who that is? Oh, I feel like I should. 
New Kids on the Block. No way! It is not New Kids on the Block. Are you serious? It is. I would, I would, it okay, see, is. I was a Backstreet Boys man myself, but dude, fucking damn, same, man. Dude, bro, Backstreet's back. All right. But no, everything is not all right right now. Dude, it's, it's he's in the wow. Damn, hell yeah. All right. Th- this movie really do have everybody. Like even their like, nobody characters are just B are just C list act or just C list celebrities. Like dude, I <laughs> I really feel that like in our messed up at midnight cinematic universe, this movie is gonna be at the fucking center of it. It's I gonna swear, be bro. It is gonna be like it is gonna be like uh like those like if you ever see those webs of media and its tangential connections, how almost mm-hmm. How so much media tangentially connects to each other through Fortnite. It's like, we're going to be that. Like, like New Year's Eve is going to be that centerpiece because there are so many goddamn actors and actresses that are just in this movie. Okay. Okay. Keep, keep just powering through. So what else do we have? Uh, Josh Duhamel is leaving. He, he, Josh Duhamel has got like a like a big speech to give, and the groom asks some uh, something about a some girl that Josh met last year. So Josh is like, "Hey, I gotta head out." So he dips and drives away from the church. Next scene, we got motherfucking Catherine Heigl, who's a party planner, and Russell Peters, who, if you don't know, I don't know if you guys ever saw Source Code. He was in that movie, and he's a chef. <laughs> He's, he's, also, like, I don't I mean, know. he's also he's also a comedian, but yeah, I don't know. I fucking knew him from Source Code. So Michael is saying, <laughs> "I love that Russell Peters is Russell Peters is a known comedian." And you're like, you're like, yeah. So he's from Source Code. I'm like, I didn't even know he was in Source Code. I've seen Source Code like three times. <laughs> Fuck it. So Heigl's standing there and like being like, "Yo." Where's Ava? We got so many celebrities coming, just like this fucking movie. And they're like on the New York street, and then. Ava comes up and it's like, oh, fuck, it's Sophia Vergara. And Sophia is like, um, hey, take a picture of me in front of this bus. It's Jensen's bus. And we're like, oh, who the fuck is Jensen? And we go inside Jensen's bus. And guys, holy shit, this is the biggest what the fuck of the whole movie. It's motherfucking John Bon Jovi playing a guitar. <laughs> it's shot to the heart and you're too late. And just, I, I swear to God, I saw that. And I kid you not, I was like, I literally saw that and went, no way. I was like, oh. here, here, no. I was like, no, no, you guys did not bring John Bon Jovi into this. No, they had to rope this motherfucker in here somehow, too. Like, I, I, they just brought everybody. They just went like they would have brought Michael Jackson if he was still alive. I okay, bet. Listen, like, listen. Here is the most confused. Like if they were going to try a, to do a musical number, this movie already got ludicrous. Why the fuck can't y'all have? I don't know him have ludicrous be the musical star, and then I don't fucking know Steve Buscemi playing this playing the security guard. I, just make a fucking <laughs> switch places. Why John Bon Jovi specifically? it's awesome i love it i love it they just went they just went we're gonna just spend more money for less talent and you're like it's nothing against john bon jovi i mean he's 
a singer, but it's he not for me. But he's he's he's, he's fine. It's just Ludacris can't. I mean, okay, can act is kind of a loaded one, but he's acted enough to where I feel like it's like, all right, yeah, Ludacris is in this, sure. <laughs> and and also he was a musician, so it's not totally out of the question to have him do music stuff, but. But Dude, those, yeah, John Bon Jovi's in it. They're, those two's casting is just so confusing. Okay, we've got to keep powering through. So uh, Catherine Heigl walks into a kitchen. She's trying to plan like the ball drop. And she gets a walkie-talkie from Sofia Vergara, who's like, yo, Jensen's here. And and Heigl's just like, oh, I know. And then he just waltzes into frame. And he's just he looks at Catherine Heigl and is just like, hey, good to see you. So Bon Jovi and Heigl flirt, and then Heigl slaps him for some reason. We don't know why yet. Next scene, we're back with Zach Efron, who walks up to Michelle Pfeiffer trying to oh. deliver a package. <laughs> Efron's like, he's like, hey, I've been trying to get you this package for a while. And then Pfeiffer, and then Michelle Pfeiffer opens up the package, and it's tickets to a party that Efron's like, yo, that's so awesome. You got tickets to some fucking masquerade ball. It's like Facebook, but real. And Pfeiffer's like, I could not give like a shit about this. Next scene, okay. We're at some shopping center, I think. And it, the other fucking dude from Naked Brothers Band is in this movie. Y'all remember motherfucking Alex Wolf from Pig? We got his brother Nat Wolf in this movie. Put that on your fucking I, bingo card. I it's I I swear to God. I this movie so this movie happened so fast. That I I can't even come up I can't even jump in quickly enough. Like it is just This like, movie's a workout. They, this movie is a workout. Like it's not it's not exhausting like Ice Pirates is, but physically it involves ex- the explanation involves a lot dude, of work. Dude, I'm getting swamp ash just by talking about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you're like, you're like, you're gonna come out here and like, you're like, you're like Apple Watch or Fitbit is gonna be like, you burned 200 calories. Dude, I'm gonna be fucking. I already sweat a lot as it is, and I'm like beating with sweat right now just by thinking about this movie. Like, guys, my chair is about to be fucking destroyed once we're done with this podcast. Y'all don't understand. You're gonna be sitting there with like, with like, with like, with like a with like a dishcloth and like some some like Windex or something, just just trying to like clean off your chair. So okay. The Naked Brothers Band dude is with his group of friends, and they stop to talk to Abigail Breslin, who that's a little rock from Zombieland. And she's like, we good? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, cool, see you at the party. So Naked Brothers Band fucking dips, and Abigail goes to talk to her friends, and they're like, are you going to kiss him tonight? I watched a video on how to kiss. What fucking children talk like this? They're in fucking high school. But then Abigail, but then they ask, oh, how's your mom doing? And then we cut to the next scene. It is, I swear to fucking God, like this, they, it's, this is, okay. There are so, like, I don't understand why Abigail, I don't understand how Abigail Breslin really plays into this because, because as it turns out, Sarah Jessica Parker is the mom and Sarah Jessica Parker is how they connect to all the other characters. 
But I don't understand why Abigail Breslin is even involved. It's kind of just like they're like, "Hey, one for the kiddos," and you're like, "I don't need that." But okay, they have to have they have to have a daughter it's, so so Sarah Jessica Parker can chase her through New York for it's some fucking reason. Literally, it's like it's just some. It's like literally they had like Abigail Breslin, who is not a who is not like some C list actress by this point. It's like is like just a plot device. For moving Sarah Jessica Parker into New York. It's so so yeah, like we were saying, Sarah Jessica Parker is also in this movie. So she's like at some talking to some dancer, and she's like, Yeah, I'll be spending tonight with my daughter. And then the dancer gets rushed onto stage, and then we cut to the stage, we see some people dancing. Doesn't fucking matter. Fuck you. We're back at Josh Duhamel driving his car. Oh his GPS God. isn't working, right? So he's got to mess with it. His windshield wipers aren't working. And then he gets into a fucking car accident. Then the airbags deploy late. Isn't that so fucking funny? Fuck you. Next scene. Glad you wasted our fucking time with that one movie. Hillary it's- Swank. Here we are. She's doing the businesswoman thing, talking to some underlings, then goes off to another room. And that's what motherfucking ludicrous shows up in this movie as a security cause, guard. Because literally, because we didn't, we couldn't have a movie that takes place during the holidays without a, without a strong, busybody businesswoman who's all business and no play. Like All of these fucking Christmas movies are like, or like holiday-ish movies are like they all have that one fucking character. I just want there to I just am wondering who's the farm boy who brings her back down to earth is. Ludicrous. <laughs> Ludicrous. <laughs> Ludicrous is like we do we do shit a little slower down in Atlanta. No, here's just no here's the thing. Ludicrous introduces um Hillary Swank to weed. <laughs> even, oh my god it's literally it's literally the you aren't you when you're hungry like snickers does but with weed it's like hillary smoke smoke this smoke this blunt and hillary's like what dude i could literally like, like you're re- not could, you when you're high dude i could when, recut, when you're not high i could recut this as like a pro cannabis ad and run it on like georgia campaigns absolutely good you can just just Eat shit, Brian. Kemp smoke weed. <laughs> so yeah, Ludacris is here. He's talking to Hillary Swank. Hillary knows Luda, and she's like, "Oh, things aren't going my way." And Luda's like, "You'll make it. You'll make it to your meeting." And then they go outside and see fucking people throwing confetti, and she's like, "I'm so glad you're here, Ludacris." And I'm like, "I'm so glad you're here too." Now, can you please come? complain in Atlanta so so we can come so me and Mike can come backstage and hang out for a little bit absolutely like, that would be nice. absolutely we will I we will quote roll out to you to your face <laughs> the whole song start to finish <laughs> so fuck it what we can't talk about ludicrous right now because we're going to back to John Bon Jovi and he's trying to talk to Catherine Heigl and Sophia and Russell Peters watch John Bon Jovi is like, and Heigl are like, they do that thing like where it's the you left me talk and she slaps him again. Uh, Bon Jovi's like, hey, I called you and I left you tickets. And Heigl is like, you walked out on me. And then she walks away from Bon Jovi. (laughs) She walks out and she walks out on him. I just, I love that this section of the damn movie can just be called the slap. Like that, like that, like that one stupid, uh, what's the it called? Fucking TV? miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. With Zachary, with Zachary Quinto, who plays like Spock 
in like in like the recent Star Trek movies. <laughs> like it's oh my god. No, real one real, real ones remember Zachary Quinto as a siler from Heroes. I feel like oh. I've referenced that on this podcast before. <laughs> Season one is a fucking banger. Fuck you guys. Absolutely. Hey, God, you get no argument from me. Dude, I'm cussing up a storm on this episode. I'm so this sorry. Is, this is just making me angry. This is I like I like that. I like that like 50 something minutes in that, that you're going that you're going, I'm sorry, I need to be a Christian here. Like like this like this movie isn't ADHD enough. Like that we gotta like, that we gotta make sure Jesus is involved. Listen, I need to adopt the beginning of this movie that makes me feel like I'm at a Christian youth group up in the mountains of North Carolina somewhere and just come to it's my center. Kubaya, my <laughs> lord. Kubaya. As the two of us are doing just mountains of cocaine as we're trying to just get through this movie. It's Mary Chrysler. <laughs> Page six of my notes, by the way, guys, out of 26. Keep powering through. So next scene, Michelle Pfeiffer enters her boss's office and her boss, motherfucking John Lithgow. She's like, <laughs> hey, why'd you ask me to work on New Year's? Can I get my end of the year bonus? <laughs> Lithgow is, is like, John Lithgow is in one scene. John fucking Lithgow. No, no, no. I'm going to get to my most favorite part about this scene in a second. So, okay. So she's like, why'd you ask me to work late on New Year's? Can I get my end of the year bonus? And Lithgow's like, one, it's your job. Two, oh yeah, sorry about that. Here, let me write up a check. So Lithgow writes up a check that isn't nearly enough money for Pfeiffer to go on that trip that she always wanted. Pfeiffer's like, hey, I already took two weeks off. And Lithgow's like, hey, I didn't sign off on that. That should go through me. Pfeiffer's like, you know what? No, I almost died today. Fuck you. I quit. She walks out, goes to clear out her desk. And John Lithgow plays fucking Angry Birds on like a computer. Oh, my God. I dated this movie so hard. It is. I my favorite part about this movie, listeners, is the fact that I like to play a game with this movie called Spot Spot the Ad Placement. Because this movie has quite a bit with everything from the light switch to turn on the ball in New York being a uh, being a what's it called? Uh, Being a being a Phillips sponsored switch to angry birds to like all this other stuff that I'm like, Oh my God, there is so much ad placement that they just put in this movie as well to make up for the costs. Oh dude, just, I don't know. Spot me a beer or some shit. So mm-hmm. next scene, we're at another hospital now. And Robert De Niro is in this movie laying on his deathbed trying to die before he can be in this movie. But unfortunately, he is unsuccessful. So this doctor comes in and is like, hey, yeah, you look rough. And De Niro is like, no, Man. not just any doctor. I'm pretty sure that's Carrie Elways. I think it fucking is Carrie Elways who's it's, been like a doctor in so much shit. It's it's. Why is Carrie always in one scene? Why is John Lithgow in one scene? Like, actually, why? These two accomplished actors who are very qualified. Honestly, are, honestly, in, are, are just one-offs. Honestly, at this point in the movie, I would be surprised if I didn't like look up and see the two of us in this movie. <laughs> 
it's just like it's just like oh yeah and here's the corpse of john belushi in the back like what who else are you gonna bring in here's steve mnuchin fuck it Now it's, you just see here Steve Mnuchin and following behind him Joe Biden. What the hell? No, they hold up. We'll get into political figures here in a second. So the doctor's oh. like, "Yeah, you're looking rough." De Niro's like, "Hey, I chose this hospital for the view. I'm living off of borrowed time, from what I've heard you tell the nurse." The doctor's like, "Hey, is there anyone I can notify?" There isn't. De Niro's like, "Hey, as a dying man." Can I see the ball drop one last time? But the doctor is like, oh, yeah, that's against hospital policy. Then fucking dips. And the doctor goes to talk to Halle Berry, who's like, will he make it to tomorrow? And he's like, "Eh, it's doubtful. And then just fucking dips. Next scene, we're back to Ashton Kutcher, who's ranting like the red pill about why he hates the holidays and the New Year's. And he's going to he's going to like a fucking elevator when he get stopped by Liam Michelle. Is that how you pronounce her name? Liam Michelle. Yeah, okay. Liam Liam Michelle. Yeah. So they get into this rinky dink elevator and Ashton's like, yeah, I took the decorations down and she's like, not my fucking problem. So this will be an it, ordinary ride, but it isn't I, because the elevator fucking breaks. It's I swear to God, Ashton Kutcher in this in this movie is like two steps away from calling women femoids. Like it is. It's bad. Like it's bad. You you can see how he would later play Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> he does a good job of playing and playing a douche. So yeah, they're in so Ashton Kutcher and Liam Michelle enter this elevator and the elevator breaks, and then uh Leah tries to call someone, but like the phone doesn't work. And Leah's freaking out, but Ashton's like, eh, it is what it is. So next scene. Remember Seth Meyers and Jessica Biel? Yeah, we're going back to them now. Everything is good. It was all a false alarm. The doctor is doing like some hippie shit saying like, hey, close your eyes, hold hands. And there's like, I don't know, a fucking spiritual pregnancy advisor. I didn't know that was a thing. But Jessica Biel is like, hey, can we schedule a C-section for midnight? And she's and the hippie doctor is like, you want me to do a C-section at midnight? No, no, no. I'm not doing this so y'all can just win some money. And Seth Meyers like, huh, we'll cut you in. How about that? But that doesn't fucking work. So next. Scene, yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought the doctor would have been like, no, you idiot. I'm not going to perform an unnecessary procedure just for some cash. No, that's why she does like criminal like heart transplants on the side. So next scene, we're back <laughs> with Sarah Jessica Parker. She's with Abigail Bresner. Abigail's like, hey, I want to go watch the ball drop and I want you to go home, mom. Sarah Jessica Parker's like, why? I'm not comfortable with you being in New York at night. Abigail Bresner's like, is first of all, she's 15. She's like, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm an honors student. I, and then I'm not wearing a training bra. And we're like, I didn't fuck that. No, I didn't need to know that. Yeah. So, so they have a fight. So it's, I, oh my God, this, yeah. All right. Go on, continue. <laughs> you're just like I. You're just like I'm so I'm so fucking sick and tired. I, I dude, I, I swear to God, this movie jumps, turns, and like changes pace and opinions, and does all of these, all of these transitions at such a breakneck speed 
that I just, as a viewer, I just tuned it out at a certain point. I kind of just went, whatever. This movie might as well be like a fucking gold medal gymnast. Because with the amounts of like just flips and trips and turns that it's doing and just jumping all over Mm -hmm. the fucking place. So, okay. So, yeah, they Sarah Jessica Parker and Abigail Bresner, they fight. Next scene, back to Times Square. Hillary Swank is climbing to the top of where they dropped the ball. She's scared of heights. That's a character trait. Ludacris tells the others, oh, yeah, this won't be a problem. So some other cop, cop comes up and picks her up and brings her to the ball. Hillary Swank tells a group of journalists about the ball, turns it on, and explains how it'll work. And consequential. Next scene, back with Josh Duhamel, talking to a repair guy about why he can't fix Josh's car. The repair guy is like, everywhere is closed, so you're all you're shit out of luck. Josh is like, I can't do that. I got a big important speech tonight. Repair guy is like, no, I'm going to go crush 12 beers and watch porn with my girl. Fuck it. Next scene. Back with <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer and Zach Efron. <laughs> That's exactly Zach, what he says in that order. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not like that is a direct quote from this movie. So, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer and Zach Efron, they meet and they talk. Uh, Pfeiffer bought Efron for the whole day because he's like a courier, not a male escort, even though it really does sound like that's what she's doing. So, Pfeiffer is like, hey, I'm going to do all my New Year's resolutions. If you can help me do them, I'll give you tickets to that thing that you want to do. And Zach is like, holy shit, you know what? You called the right guy. I'm in. And the list is like, oh, let's go to Bali, breakfast at Tiffany's, save a life. Zach is like, man, I can't do this. And uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is like, hey, use your imagination. Next scene, back with Sofia Vergara. She brings John Bon Jovi enchiladas. Bon Jovi says, I need help. Help me convince Heigl that I made a mistake. Um, Bon Jovi asked Catherine Heigl to marry him, then got cold feet and walked out. Sofia Vergara is like, that's fucked up. Go talk to her. Bon Jovi is like, I want to talk to her. Heigl comes out of nowhere and is like, what the fuck is this? Sofia Vergara is like, yo, I'm a dip. Heigl calls a truce with Bon Jovi and doesn't fucking matter. We go to Zach Efron talking with Michelle So Pfeiffer. inconsequential. It, it's it does, just, they're just like, of, they're just like, whatever, truce, moving on. And you're, it's, all these, they, they don't, they don't not solve the problem. They kind of just go, whatever, continue. And you're just like, oh, fuck it. All right, fine. It, it just fucking keeps on rolling. So next scene, uh, Efron talks with Pfeiffer. They just hit all the stops like breakfast outside Tiffany's. Then they get on a water taxi. That was the I, thing I, she wanted to do. Again, it's, 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 this is the one section of the movie, not not the sec, not this section specifically, but this storyline. This mm. is the one storyline that has that's salvageable that mm. I can look at and like I think we can both look at and go, okay, so there is something that you can do with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think and the, it's the concept just watered down. Yeah, the concept of doing it is just so muddied in an already like packed movie. It's yeah. like, it's not like an it's not like an anthology movie. Let's use let's use like let's use like a horror movie anthology for instance. It's not like that where you watch like five different films in order. Like you watch all of one, all of two, all of three, all of four, all of five. It's like hey, you're gonna watch scene one from like the first movie, scene one from the third movie, scene one from the second movie. Then we're gonna go back to the first movie. Then we're gonna go watch the first scene of the fourth movie that this movie is trying to do. I really feel that I don't know, maybe a better like structured movie, like they maybe could have done it if they didn't have such basic stories, but 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. That, but that's the way that this movie is, and we gotta fucking live yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's just so disjointed, and it's just such a it's such a mess, such a damn mess. And by the way, you remember how we were just having like a quick cutaway scene with a uh, Zac Efron and Michelle Pfeiffer? Okay, well, we're actually going back to Bon Jovi and Heigl. So Heigl listens to Bon Jovi listens to Bon Jovi's newest record. They talk. Heigl's overwhelmed by her job. Uh, bon Jovi is so sorry he ran. Bon Jovi got uh, gets cock blocked by a guy uh, dropping something that Heigl has to go help out with. So Bon Jovi's like, "Hey, come on me with the road." Heigl's like, "No, I don't want to do that life." Bon Jovi is like, "I'm ready to commit." Heigl's like, "I'm committed to my work." Next scene, we're back to Ashton Kutcher and Leah Michelle. <laughs> Leah's like, "Do you have nowhere to be?" And Kutcher's like, "New Year's sucks. It's amateur night." Uh, people are going all dude, Kanye on you. It's a, like a war is, zone out there. That quote age is poorly. the worst. Continue. Yeah, it's a whole lot of anti-Semitism out there in Times Square. <laughs> it's just you know everyone is just being, <laughs> you know them New Yorkers. That place where there's notorious anti-Semites. It's it's just like he is just like it's like being trapped in a room with a redditor like you're just like oh my god shut up i get it i don't care i'm just having fun you're just like like, i get it we like we live in a society i understand what you're saying he is though he is though he don't even front he is definitely mr we live in a society bottom text type guy okay so leah's like Leah's like, hey, it's because they're excited. I have something to be excited about. And Kutcher is like, it's disappointment. Leah's like, can you come climb through the ceiling hatch in the elevator? So uh, Ashton Kutcher picks her up while she fiddles with a lock. And Ashton sees that she's a groupie for Bon Jovi and makes some remark about her having diseases. So next scene, we go back to classy Sarah Jessica. Very classy. Next scene, Sarah Jessica Parker, Abigail Bresner are walking outside. Abigail sees the Naked Brothers band dude and goes to talk to him. Tells him she won't be, you know, going out with them for the New Year's. And Naked Brothers band is just like, yo, half the history class is going to be there. And Sarah Jessica Parker, she she goes up and starts talking to Naked Brothers band. And Naked Brothers band tries to convince her, but gets shut down immediately. Sarah Jessica Parker goes to call his mom and like, okay, that doesn't work. So Abigail and Sarah Jessica Parker go off. Next scene, back to... Efron mm-hmm. and Pfeiffer. Efron like drives into I don't fucking know the hood somewhere, and they stand at a metal mm-hmm. door and open it. And oh, it's a spa. Welcome to Bali. That's the called Bali. A, yeah, they have it. They have a nice spa day. Exactly. And you know what? You know what? Yeah, they have a nice spa day, and it's kind of and it's it's apparently like it's like I don't know. It's just stupid. It's, it's just milk toast. It's very, it's so basic. So we're back at the hospital with uh, Seth Myers and Jessica Beale. Beale's trying oh, to like good. eat anchovies to induce labor. It doesn't work. Now Sarah Paulson yeah. and Glorious Bastards dude come in. Yeah, they have and, a, yeah, Seth Myers and Glorious Bastards have a spat over like how to induce labor. and like for some fucking yeah, exactly. reason. Yeah, literally Glorious Bastards and Seth Myers are going like, well, you're supposed to eat potatoes. And he's like, well, she's She's horking potatoes down. He goes, psych, that was a lie. You can't eat potatoes because that's bad. That doesn't induce labor. And he's like, damn it, damn it. How do you know? So he's like, it is like, I swear to God, this is the one where I, 
I literally wasn't. I was literally like the whole time. I was like, shut up. I don't. Please, I don't. Just, I don't like please, this. Part I don't of the movie. care. I don't like this. I was like, I don't like this. Of all of the parts, all of the parts are stupid as hell. All of the parts are stupid as hell. This one, I'm like, no. This one, I'm like, Mm-mm. not only is it stupid, I dislike this. Just, I, I actively dislike this. But yeah, moving on. Yeah, so so yeah, they have a feud over like potatoes or yams or some shit. So Sarah, just, Sarah Paulson goes back. They have this feud about yams. She comes back and they're like, hey, she won't be delivering today. And the two couples have like a pregnancy stare down like, oh, it is on. So yeah. next scene, <laughs> we'll fucking back pregnancy fight dude pregnancy fight man mike's favorite category on porn <laughs> that feels so, that, no, oh, jesus that's dude that feels does that not feel like does that not feel like a tlc mtv like tv show i survived a pregnancy fight <laughs> yeah it's like dude it's like it's like and like jerry springer is the referee like it's <sighs> just that just feels that just feels like some I just feel like I need to take a shower after this and not because of my swamp ass, but because we had to describe all of that. So, okay, next scene. <laughs> We're back with Sarah Jessica Parker and Abigail. Abigail is like, don't be like Piper's mom. You're being too clingy because you don't have a man in your life. And Sarah Jessica Parker is like, hey, I am trying. And Abigail's like, fuck this. I'm over. By the way, they're back at their house. Dude, so Abigail's goes, going for the fucking throat in this fight. Abigail's like, it's because it's because you don't because you don't have a man. And you're just, and you're just like, I don't know. She's raising you. Like, I don't know. I feel like that put a fucking wrench in things. Like she's hitting, them, she's hitting them fucking low blows on this one. So, yeah, she's, she's, she's like, she's like, that's why dad left. And you're like, oh, all right, asshole. You're like, I mean, you're right. But like. Give it a like, second. I mean, you, ain't, you ain't wrong, but you ain't gotta go there. So next scene, we're back with Josh Duhamel. His car gets taken back to the church, and the pastor from the wedding said that he'd help give him a lift because he's going into town anyways to see the Rockettes with his family. Oh, and the pastor is cousins with the repair guy. So okay. So Josh Duhamel hears this and is like, hey, you know what? Bet I'll pay for all the gas. Let's get in the RV. So next scene. Back with Halle Berry. She's talking to Robert De Niro. De Niro isn't taking any chemotherapy or any pills. He's talking about death. And Halle Berry's like, hey, I'm here to make you comfortable. We're going to interrupt that emotional scene to go back with Sarah Jessica Parker. She opens her door, her kid's door to talk to Abigail. But Abigail is just fucking gone. Like, this she is, went out this the window is the, this and is, ran away. They do two, they do two separate separate emotional scenes back to back which you know i guess in the writer's room it makes sense because you're like oh you know the person keeps the emotions but no it's just it's just adhd because you're sitting there like okay cool all right sad i could do sad 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 works and then it just adhd switches goes nope you're supposed to be sad here now and you're like why you're like, I was already sad over there. Why I can't just pick up being sad. Like, I'm already, that I'm doesn't already work. Sad. I'm already sad watching this fucking movie. I don't want to be here right now. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I'm already depressed. You were, you got, you got it. You got it. You ain't gotta like keep reminding me. So what so what happens? Uh Sarah Jessica Parker leaves her house, goes off looking for her child. But then we see Abigail, she enters a train while Sarah Jessica Parker chases after her. And she sees Abigail on the train, but she does, Sarah Jessica Parker doesn't even run fast. The train just kind of takes off. 
but doesn't fucking matter because next scene we're going back to Zac Efron and Michelle Pfeiffer and she adopts a pet and Efron is wearing a cool hat. Uh, first of all, good boy to the dog. Second of <laughs> yeah, all, she, you know, she, she um, finished off. She marked off one thing from her list, which was save a life. Check. Next scene. We're back at Times Square. It's six o'clock. And now we see Ryan Seacrest. He's not just a voice. He is a person in this the movie. Man. He's doing his hosting thing. Making Georgia's own. Dude, dude, fucking he, not for Mika. He went to Dunwoody High School. You're shitting me, really? Yeah, straight up. He went to that? he went to Dunwoody High School, graduated of UGA. Oh, okay. right? All right, yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly. Our hey, boy, shout out Ryan Seacrest. Georgia's own. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah. so he's doing his hosting thing. Hillary Swank is there. She turns on the ball and it starts rising, but then it stops because the lights turn off. And Seacrest is like, oh shit, hey, they're going to take care of that. And Swank tells a stagehand, like, y'all need to fucking fix this, like, now. And next scene, Josh Duhamel, we're in the RV. He hasn't written his speech yet. And the pastor's wife, Pastor's driving, pastor's wife sitting with him while all the kids are around and grandpa's in the back being grandpa. And she's like, what what inspires you? And do Hamlet Guess who the like, pastor's wife is? I'm going to interrupt this. Guess who the pastor's wife is? Who is it? It's your, it's Yardley Smith, Lisa Simpson. <laughs> what if it was just like, yep. Mar- what if it was just like we just cut over and it's like an animated, like older Lisa Simpson? <laughs> it's just, I would love that. That'd be awesome. That would make this that movie would a little bit be better. Great. That would be that would be honestly fantastic if it just cut and it's literally just an animated Lisa Simpson just being like, "You should really what what inspired you to make this? You should really do X or Y." <laughs> like, damn, this we we're going who framed Roger Rabbit in this? Hell yeah! So yeah, the pastor's wife is like, "Hey, what inspires you?" And Duhamel is like, "Pizza." And the fat kid is there, and he's like, nice. Next scene. <laughs> We're back with Zach Efron and Michelle Pfeiffer. That's so stupid. Oh, my God. You, and, and that was the whole so setup? That was That's the, the whole fucking setup? To, that was the bit? Like, fucking Josh Duhamel just says, just says food, and fat kid goes, nice. <laughs> like, just like, that's gnarly, bro. So we're back with um, Zach Efron and Michelle Pfeiffer. And one of her goals was walking all five boroughs in one day. They're at like a museum, which has like a, I don't know, topographical map of of the New York on it. And Efron, like he picks up the phone and calls Ash and is like, he drops the word like, yeah, I'm helping this girl complete all of her stuff on, on her New Year's uh, resolution list. She's pathetic, but in a cute way. Here's where I was like, okay, fuck you, man. Like I wasn't liking Dude. this part, but like now you just kind of made me think you're a dick. Yeah, exactly. Not in a good way either. The movie, the movie just decided to sit there and just go, "Hey, this thing. Let's not introduce like, uh, like he's just. They're just like, how about we just make Zac Efron a dick? And you're like, ah, it's all right. Like, why? Come on, man. I was just, I was not tolerating this, but you know, out of the other ones, I was tolerating this. Relative to everything, relative to the other storylines, I was enjoying this. I was like, oh, okay. But in the grand like scheme, there's things, something there, and, and yeah, exactly. Some- and then they just this is when they fuck. This is when they fucking ruined that storyline. When when Gary, when old Gary Marshall was just like, what if, what if this one wasn't good either? Yeah, well, I mean, like, 
Zac Efron and Michelle Pfeiffer have some type of chemistry. But again, when you make your character into such an utter dick like you do in this scene, it just doesn't. It fucking makes you be like, okay, fuck this guy. Fuck this situation. We don't really know too much about Michelle Pfeiffer because we haven't seen much of her. She plays no, a very small haven't. part in this movie. But then again, it's- so do a lot of the people. It's like it's like if you fucking, I don't know, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a good analogy. Like you use all of these characters tried into like, you know. Instead of like having one foundation for the whole movie, you just use like bits and pieces of these different stories. But then you have a weak foundation, whereas instead, if you had this movie just focusing on Michelle Pfeiffer and Zac Efron, you know, maybe a couple of different characters. Fuck it. Let's keep John Lithgow. We have a much smaller but stronger foundation of the movie and we're able to follow it much easier. Oh, my God. Fuck this. movie! It's yeah. No, it literally literally they just went. They just went for star power instead of literally anything else. They didn't go for aesthetics. They didn't go for writing or character development. They literally went famous people. And it's so obvious that they did. It is so cripplingly obvious. So, yeah, uh, Pfeiffer actually overhears this and is like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm pathetic, dude. I'm out. So Pfeiffer just dips him, just leaves him wherever the fuck they are. So next scene. We're back with the electricians at the ball. And Swank is like, hey, I don't give a shit. Y'all just need to fix it. But the electricians are like, we need Kaminsky. Which which fucking famous person <laughs> do you think that will be? It's it's I swear to God, they mentioned Kaminsky like we're about to be like in your like, like he's like this, like fucking linchpin or whatever. I honestly, please tell me he's played by a famous person. Please tell me he's played Shit, by a famous I don't person. Know who, I don't fucking know who he's played by. I don't, I don't know if he's played by anybody of note. But like, I was really hoping that he was gonna be played by like, I don't fucking know Bill Murray or some shit. Like exactly, exactly. Like Tom Cruise is is Kaminsky. Like, like you get Brad point, Pitt would, or someone. Yeah, I would have been like, I would have been like fucking Jesus. Like just. Come on. So after that pointless scene, we go to Seth Myers. He walks in on Jessica Beale doing like a headstand. And my and we like Myers makes uh Beale drink some type of oil, and then for some reason Jessica Beale's water breaks, and Myers is like, Hey, turn it off then. Ha ha ha. I, so, I swear to God. I swear to God, this fucking scene. What prog- I don't know if you're gonna go get into the scene, but this month mo- I, it's dumb. Seth Seth Meyers' character is supposed to be like comedy relief or some shit, and he's just annoying. Like I yeah. swear to God, even with stupid scenes, like I can sit there and even I can try mm-hmm. and find somewhere in where in some universe that would be funny. I was just annoyed. Like I just watched this and just went nope. No, nope, because well, it's like, he's just being annoying. Well, because it's like she starts giving birth and then he starts to become like the annoying, like f- one freaking out. And it's like, yeah, the pregnant woman has to try to calm him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So wh- what happens is they end up going outside trying to get a taxi, but it ends up failing miserably. But they do get a taxi. It's one of those bike taxis. Where it has a person pedaling <laughs> on the front, and Jessica Biel is in the back about to give birth. And yay. Hey, hey, hey. 
it may take longer and it may be insanely inconvenient. Lower carbon emissions. You know, we got like this movie is lowering its carbon footprint by having someone be on a bike. So you know what? <laughs> Let's give them some credit. I and guess. like, and just the massive amount of like diesel generators that it took to like power the cameras or whatever. It's just that. No, it was all worth it for the bike scene. So next scene, what do we have? Halle Berry and Robert De Niro. De Niro is like, Hey, why are you working on new years? Don't you have a hot date? And Halle Berry's like, Hey, you're my hot date. And then De Niro goes on about how he's been an ass his whole life. And fuck it. Doesn't matter. Next scene, we're back with Ashton Kutcher and Leah Michelle. There's, Leah is offended that Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> there's no chance for people to develop. There's no chance for us to relate to characters if all you do is during their tender moments, cut. It's not. God, it feels like it feels like family guy. It, it feels really like feels they're like- just like and and, and we're bored moving on. And you're like, okay. Dude, it feels like the, like, I'm trying to go get through this movie fast, but it's just because there is so much shit going on. And I really want you guys to understand how draining it is watching something oh, like this. It is. Yeah, exactly. I, honest to God, honest to God, I would not have thought that a movie called New Year's Eve, that's just, that's just your dumb rom-com holiday based like movie would be so exhausting dude fucking this movie makes me want to run into oncoming traffic so we're back with ashton and lee ashton and leah leah is offended that ashton called her a groupie leah's like let me guess you grew up in the sh- in the suburbs went to a liberal arts college moved to a big city and then calls him a hipster and this hatred he's got for new years comes from some girl who broke his heart in high school and ashton kutcher is just like okay accurate and i'm a comic book artist and also it was in college when he got his heart broken so sure that's that, 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 that that's a thing too so it's uh, also also it's just like also you look at Ashton Kutcher and it's like it's like bro you have been heartbroken by a college crush for you look 35 what do you mean you've been you what do you mean you hate it what like come on man listen listen man it, it was he didn't date until he was in college and just that first relationship man it just fucked with him and Dude, it just you know, crushed him Dude, and you know he he's just never recovered since. He he didn't rebound hard enough. Oh. <laughs> so, next scene, we go to Josh Duhamel talking about what happened last year and what happened was he met a woman and they were said like, "Hey, we're going to meet each other later. We'll get into that later." So, fuck it. Next scene, we're at a party. It's the masquerade that Zac Efron wants tickets to. The president of Aaron's Records is on stage, who's played by uh, fucking Cherry Jones, if you guys know who that is. She introduces John Bon Jovi. Fuck it, we're going back to Ashton Kutcher and Leah Michelle, so they yeah, bond. Because who, who needs progression? <laughs> no, but we do get progression in the sense that Leah is actually a backup singer for John Bon Jovi. Oh, thank God. And Ash, oh, you know, thank God we're getting some type of connection here. So Ashton asks her to sing for him. But she doesn't because next scene, we go back to the ball drop. Journalists are doing their thing. Hillary Swank gets told by Ludacris that Kaminsky has arrived. He's treated like a god, but someone apparently fired him. 
and Kaminsky comes in. He's just, you know, I don't know, a type of just a dumpy electrician. So he's like, hey, <laughs> it's a shortage in the ball. I need to find the one light that's out. And Swank is like, I mother of God, I need you to go do that shit right now. But after some convincing, Kaminsky is like, okay. So next scene, some kid can't find his mom on the streets of New York and the crowd crowd surfs him to his mom. A bunch of people are in the street. We go back to Hillary Swank, who gives a big speech about the ball. She's like up in a building now. We must stop and reflect our triumphs and missteps. It's all about forgiveness. And it's a big rah-rah speech. Let's remember to be nice to each other all year long. And people hear this and they clap. Fuck it. Next scene. Back to Josh Duhamel. He's talking to the pastor's family. Duhamel says the woman that he met last year said, what's in your heart? And the woman kissed him, but then she disappeared. The woman left Duhamel a a letter saying, hey, if you're still thinking about me next year, come find me here. And Duhamel is like, yeah, I'm not going to go meet her there. The grandpa's like, but you've held on to this napkin for a year. And the pastor's like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? And the mom is like, you're afraid that she'd show up. And grandpa says, if you don't, I will. And we get a pervy grandpa in this movie. I, again, like, they're like, yeah, let's let's slide in a perv. They're like, let's just slide in just this like pervy old dude. And you're you're like, why? What purpose does he serve? What 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 assistance is he to the plot? Oh, no, he's just weird. OK, good to know. Uh, I mean, you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned this movie feeling like a Family Guy cutaway. I mean, this dude is practically fucking Quagmire of all things. Exactly, exactly. God damn it! Now I'm just thinking of who would play, who would play who. No, no, we don't. We no, no. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. No, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to be up all night thinking about that. Zac Efron like is Peter shit. Griffin. <laughs> no, Zac Efron is Stewie. <laughs> That is true. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) So next scene, speaking of Efron, Efron's using the bathroom and um, Sarah Jessica Parker. Apparently, that's his sister. So he just happens to be just happens to be, you know, they're related. It's all it's all connected one way or another, guys. So Efron is talking to Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker. I'm so sick and tired of saying her name. Says like, hey, um, Abigail Breslin, she's missing. Efron's like, eh, she's a teenager out. I'm worried about you. You need to go do something. So she's worried about her kid. Efron says that Abigail told her she'd be at some place and basically violates cool uncle code. So Sarah Jessica Parker <laughs> leaves the bar that she's at. And Efron, he asks for advice. So next scene, Efron is talking to Michelle Pfeiffer now. The last thing on our list was be amazed. So Michelle Pfeiffer agrees on one condition that she, that she drives the motorcycle. Next scene, Hillary Swank talking to Ludacris. That's a lot of this movie, I, guys. That's there. That is, you know what? Yeah, it is. That's High basically the twenty. That's basically the entirety that, of the Hillary Swank plot. Either she's afraid of heights, or she's t- hanging out with Ludacris. It's that is why that is why I'm like, I'm like, there's nothing to this storyline. It's literally just she's turning on the ball and making the speech. Okay, there is nothing to any of these storylines. That is that. Yeah, you know what? That is fair. That is fair. There is no substance to any of these storylines. So 
Hillary Swank talks to Ludacris. Swank is just like, I'm just trying to save my job. All I can do is reflect. And Ludacris like, you were talking about you, right? And Swank says, why did I tell him? Why did I tell you about him? And we're like, oh, I wonder who this is. So next scene, back back with Seth Meyers and Jessica Biel. They run into Sarah Paulson and the Inglorious Bastards guy. The dads run in to check in with the nurses. The pregnant wives talk. Um, Seth and Inglorious Bastards are asked questions about their wives. And, you know, it's typical, like, man doesn't understand pregnancy humor. Yeah, exactly. It's literally the lazy, the lazy, like, the guy's like, well, I don't know how an ovary works. And you're like, oh, God. You're like, yeah, you're and, like for God's sakes, man. And we get a bit about um, Inglorious Bastards yelling into Sarah Paulson's vagina. Sure. So the male nurse. So like, OK, next scene. Ashton Kutcher and Leah talk, but it doesn't fucking matter because we're back to Catherine Heigl, who's cooking. And Sophia says, I'm going to go watch him. And next scene, John Bon Jovi sings. We have a musical number. and We get a bunch of intercuts with this. We got Kaminsky repairing the ball. Leah Michelle singing, uh, Josh Duhamel on the RV with these kids, Robert De Niro dying, Jessica Biel giving birth, <laughs> Abigail walking through a crowd, Sarah Jessica Parker also walking through a cloud. I, through a crowd. I, I swear to God, I swear to God, this in the intercut from just bland shit of people going through crowds and then hard cut to Robert De Niro just strapped to a medical chair looking like a corpse. It's just. <laughs> I don't know why, but like for some reason, like my brain just kind of like made I kind of just like just snickered a little bit. I kind of was just like, mm -hmm. <laughs> listen, I'm honestly so glad that this movie that this part of the movie was there so I could take a fucking break from typing my yes! ass off, taking notes for yes! this movie. Yes, you can <sighs> sit there and just listen to this crappy musical number. So you can be like, all right, fine. Okay. Okay, cool. So back we go back to Leah and Ashton. Ashton shows her his drawing. Fuck you. Next scene. De Niro and Halle Berry <laughs> are hanging out. Halle was asleep. De Niro wakes her up. And De Niro's like, hey, how about watching that ball drop? And then goes all old man talking to his dead wife. And Halle Berry's like, I'm your nurse. Next scene. We're back with Efron and Michelle Pfeiffer. They're at a theater. Efron is alone in the crowd and Michelle Pfeiffer swings on some cables. I guess this is where like the Rockets are going to be playing. And I guess that's the be amazed part of her list. So back yeah. with Ashton it's and Leah. Also, also, you know what? Con you know what? I want to ask questions. Okay. I know that this whole stupid movie is supposed to be moving so fast that you can't ask questions, but I'm going to ask questions. How the absolute hell did a courier who's in his mid-twenties, clear out the Radio City Music Hall and convince like, people to strap Michelle Pfeiffer to strings and be raised and swung from side to side. That feels like something that either you have to have a buddy who you have dirt on mm. or like enough money to where like, life isn't exactly an issue. Like... Listen, listen, everybody has had that one friend either in like high school or college that claims they have connections when in actuality they just fucking don't. Or it's like, oh, yeah. I don't know their dad. And whenever they ask their dad for something, the dad's like, I'm no, no, I'm not doing that for you. Zach Efron is quite literally that character and he actually gets shit done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
He's the he's the he's like the one percent, like ninety nine percent are totally full of full of it. Mm-hmm. He's the one percent that actually follows through on it and knows people and has dirt and all of that. So yeah, now we after whatever the fuck that uh, the radio center music hall scene was, we go back to Ashton and Leah, and Leah decorates the elevator, and Leah's like, "Oh, we can throw a party," and Ashton's like, "Oh, I don't know about that," and then. They set up all she sets up all the decorations and Leah's like, hey, imagine seeing a person across the room and kissing them on New Year's. And they almost kiss, but then the elevator starts working again. The elevator door gets opened up, and Leah's like, Oh, well, thank you. I have to go. And Kutcher tries to follow them, but like the elevator tech was like, Hey, did y'all do it? And Leah says goodbye to Ashton one last time. And Ashton Kutcher thanks. And he gets back on the elevator. An old woman cusses, and then Ashton sees that, oh, Leah forgot something. So now he has to go chase after her. And now we're next scene, back at the fucking hospital with Seth Myers competing with going all pre- uh, pregnancy warfare two on Inglorious Bastards. And Beale just like here's like looks at Seth and says, For the love of God, get over yourself. And Sarah Paulson and this Inglorious Bastards guy are getting ready. They already have kids. We see them. Mm-hmm. Seth Meyers sees this and he's like, you know what? I'm going to shut the blinds. Next scene, Duhamel finally arrives in New York City thanks to Pastor. Next scene, Abigail is downtown and texts uh, <laughs> Naked Brothers Band. Next scene, Efron drops Pfeiffer off downtown. Pfeiffer says thank you. She gives him the tickets. They have a heartfelt goodbye. Pfeiffer leaves. Next scene. Back at the party, oh Duhamel God. arrives. Goes to talk to the president of Aaron Records who happens to be his mom. She carries a dog named iPod. <laughs> Humor. I, fuck you. That's I. I. Uh, okay. Uh, take take a breath. When I have a drink, buddy, you've earned it. I'm, you've earned it. Taking a swig of water. Maybe <laughs> exactly. Maybe, maybe vodka. It may, it may be a vodka water. We don't know. But this, as I'm sure my co-host has sort of implied. There's a lot more jump cuts as the characters physically are brought in closer proximity to one another. As the as they get closer and closer to each other, the more and more jump cuts occur. And it gets more and more tiring, at least for me. I could be in the minority, but I definitely feel like I'm not. Because at this point, when it's like, it's literally going like it feels like a fucking like vine or a TikTok. It is moving so damn fast and changing. I'm just like, oh my god, I can't. I literally can't do it. The longer this movie goes, the more and more unhinged it's making me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So now, next scene: John Bon Jovi is about to start. You know, we're at we're downtown New York. Hillary Swank is getting rushed to go speak to some president of the Times Square Alliance. And as if we couldn't get another fucking cameo squeezed into this movie, we got motherfucking Matthew Broderick as Mr. Buellerton. Yes, this movie wrote that line in. Buellerton. I, I hate this. I hate this. It's just the movie just needed to sneak in another... Another celebrity cameo was someone who's very good by just throwing in Matthew Broderick. And you're like, oh, okay. Is he going to be around for more than three lines? No. Okay. All right. 
Okay, cool. All right, bye, Matthew. We'll go see you in Godzilla 1989 or Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, yeah so quite literally, he's like, he, he comes in and says, I'm not convinced by your, spree, by your speech. What the fuck, bro? Get it fixed. He gives like some sports analogy about everyone who remembers the person who dropped the ball. And then he leaves. And Swank is just like, hey, get John Bon Jovi. So Leah arrives and is about to go on stage when Ashton Kutcher stops her and gives her a bracelet that Leah left on the elevator. So Ashton finally says, hey, happy new year, and then goes through with the kiss to Leah. Leah isn't freaked out by all of this. She isn't freaked out by 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 a, by by this angry incel in pajama pants just randomly kissing her by following her. Yeah, he isn't like she isn't like this is objectively weird. She's like, no, no, we ball, we ball. <laughs> like, no, like, you know, we, we had a good bonding experience in that elevator. Yeah, being trapped in an elevator for like four hours. Like, yeah, it's all so, good. So yeah, Bon Jovi arrives, but he isn't happy. And Swank goes to go talk to him, but he's just sulking in his feelings. And Bon Jovi is like, I left her. I let her go. I messed everything up. I gave love a bad name. Fuck yeah! I'm so ha- I'm so happy. I, I'm so yes, happy I came up with that. I'm so I, happy I came up with that. Holy <laughs> shit! I I I I've ha- I was really hoping that at a certain point he'd go he'd go. Man, it's just I really don't think I'll ever get back with her. You know I'm I'm just living on a prayer now. And you're like you're like yes 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 yes. I'm like not one fucking reference. To living on a prayer in this whole movie. Maybe there was, and we fucking missed it. There's a lot with this movie. It's <sighs> so Swank goes like, I get it. I have a lot going on too. And Bon Jovi's like, word. Swank is like, hey, <laughs> can you just please, for the love of God, sing first? I got a million things on my mind. And okay, fuck it. Next scene. We're back to do Hamill. He's giving his speech. He says, hey, my dad is no longer with us. He's sad. He also gives a motivational speech. Let's remember it's okay to listen to your heart. Happy New Year's. Next scene, Bon Jovi gets up on it's, stage and the people cheer. Were and you, the, well, oh, were you about to care? Fuck you. We're moving on. <laughs> Quite literally, that, that, could be, that could be like the subline, the subtitle for this movie. So another musical number by Bon Jovi. We get a chance to rest. Next scene, it's up to Kaminsky. He's doing his repair. He's putting a new piece inside. People turn it on, and it works. Kaminsky is still on the ball, though, and I guess he's just going to have to fucking die. So, JK, he's not going to die. He's a hero now. We go back. We go inside. Hillary Swank is inside, and we get the word, oh, Mayor Bloomberg wants to talk to her. And she says, wait, and then puts Kaminsky in charge. And he responds, what took you so long? Okay, cool. And then Ludacris, his wife and kids show up to see him work. Yeah, He's there too. Yeah. This movie at the very end was just like, also, by the way, remember Ludacris is in the movie. And you're like, okay, all right. Fine. Thank you, I guess. So whatever. We're back with Duhamel at the party. He gets approached by two women and he's just like, like the two women start hitting on him and he's like, huh, I'm a sandwich because his name is Sam. I think I don't fucking know. I hate that. So Heigl it's, goes, he sucks. He's awful. So Heigl goes to talk to the Aaron VP and 
finds out that, oh, Bon Jovi actually recommended Heigl to work this. So Du Hamill thinks between these two women, but says, hey, I got to go. And then starts running somewhere. And Swank starts running too. It's 11.45. Next scene, back to the hospital. Hallie and Robert De Niro. Hallie talks to De Niro and then Swank appears. And the big plot twist, De Niro is her dad. And they have a big emotional reunion, I think. And Hallie's shift is off and is like, oh, nope, don't care anymore. I'm out of here. I I love I love this tonal shift from Hallie <laughs> because it is like this whole thing, this whole stupid plot line. You're led to believe that Hallie is going to at the very end go. I'll spend New Year's with you. And he's like, oh, that'd be nice. And that's great. Literally, she goes and three, two and I'm off my shift. Go fuck yourself. I'm going to get trashed. And she literally rips her scrubs off and it's a red and it's a full red dress. And you're like, oh, okay. All right. Okay. We'll we'll get back to Halle Berry here in a second. So Halle's shift is off and she starts to head out. Next scene, back at the party. Heigl throws desserts on the patrons of the party. They like, I don't know, put them in like a little parachute and drop them down or some shit. It's inconsequential. Next scene, we're back with Swank and De Niro as they take the elevator. And Hallie comes out on a uh, in a dress and is ready to leave when she gets stopped by a nurse being like, yo, what the fuck? And she's like, it's all good. So Swank and De Niro are on the roof. And then we're actually go back to Catherine Heigl and Sofia Vergara. And Sofia Vergara is wearing a skimpy dress. Her boobs are out. Heigl gives Vergara something to take upstairs, so she dips. Next scene, Hallie FaceTimes with her husband, who's in the military. And this is when we get motherfucking common in this movie. Yes! And he is only credited as soldier. It's, they don't even credit him! Like, how? It's just common! What? (laughs) But can I tell you something? Is that... Common was actually nominated at the BET Awards for Best Actor in this movie. And he is only in the movie for quite literally a minute. I. Okay. You know what I'll say? What what, 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 what will you say? I'll say I'll slow this down for a little bit. A quick thank you to Common. For being the only part of this movie that's award worthy, apparently. That's all to be the only part of this movie to be to be the guy who says, I think. Yeah, exactly. I think you said it said it best about a minute's worth of words. And then is never on screen again or heard from again. And. He won and he was nominated for an award for it, which. I gotta say, one speaks to how stupid this movie is. Two speaks to the emotion that came from Common when talking over like Skype or whatever to Halle Berry. Dude, it just it just hits you right in the feels. I mean, I cared. I cared. That's how much this hit me. I I I went. I went. Well, okay, I guess I'll have to put I guess I'll have to put down Angry Birds, whatever stupid game John Lithgow was playing, and and watch this movie. Yeah, so yeah, congrats to Common, I guess. 
So Halle Berry says that he'll be coming home soon. And I'm sitting there like only if he doesn't get killed in battle. Next scene. We're back with Catherine <laughs> Heigl who's eating chocolate. Bon Jovi appears asking about dessert. Heigl asks, Desert Storm 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> no, I, I, I have I have no more I have no more energy for witty combat. They've got a they've got you might get something a little unhinged, but they've I'm got a raid. They've that. got a raid Kuwait to save the rec center. I hate you, and I hate this movie. So, next scene, we're back with Catherine Heigl, who's eating chocolate. Bon Jovi appears, asking about dessert. Heigl asks about the VP hiring her, hiring her to uh, Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi says, "Hey, I'm canceling the tour because of you." Heigl's like, "What the fuck?" Bon Jovi gives that speech, you know the one, I'm choosing you now. Heigl is like, it could be years of makeup sex before I forgive you. Oh, and it looks like everything's going to be okay. Next scene, Ryan Seacrest introduces (laughs) Mike Bloomberg, who is also in this movie. They they have covered all of their bases in terms of celebrity. I'm surprised they didn't get a book celebrity or like, like, cause like they have, they have people who are trained in, in stage acting with Leah Michelle. They have musical artists such as Ludacris common and fucking Bon Jovi. And they have actors. It's like, they're just covering every, I'm surprised that they didn't have like what Dan Brown, the guy who wrote the Da Vinci code. Like, I'm surprised they didn't bring him in too. Cause like, they're like, hey, we brought James Patterson. You're like, okay. I'm surprised they didn't, I don't know, fucking have Dave Batista or The Rock in this movie. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Oh my God. Who, who, who? Who was he from last week? Oh my god! Whoa, oh, Goldberg. 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 I'm Just surprised this. they didn't bring in. They didn't bring in Goldberg in. No, we get we get Bill Goldberg in here, and he just fucking spears Robert De Niro to kill him. Like we thought it was going to be the cancer, but no, no, no. It's actually going to be motherfucking Bill Goldberg. Robert De Niro. Like you just see Carrie always just sit there coming and go. Well, Robert, actually, it seems your bias have taken a turnaround. I think you're going to make it. And then Bill Goldberg like smashes through the roof and like stabs Robert De Niro with a menorah and just like just like leaps out the window. I mean, I guess he hates the New Year's, too. Who 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 the fuck are we to say? So. Mike Bloomberg, we get a count. The countdown begins. De Niro says, look, there it goes. And he cries and he talks about all the mistakes and how swank wasn't a mistake hillary swank wasn't a mistake everyone is running now we're cutting back and forth a lot here people are doing things i'm not gonna run it down happy new year people are happy they kiss bon jovi isn't at times square and we're like who will fill in and it's leah michelle who's now singing what a letdown for everybody except for bon jovi ashton kutcher (laughs) watches from a distance like the creep that he is a random poster for robert downey jr in sherlock holmes 2 a game of shadows that i don't know why i saw that and i was like oh my god it came out then i i get it now i get the angry birds and then a random girl kisses by the way remember uh the naked the guy from naked brothers band and abigail breslin uh, breslin oh yeah fuck it we're gonna go back to the naked brothers band and he gets kissed by a random girl and Abigail sees this. And so does Sarah Jessica Parker. And Abigail runs into her mom's arms. 
fuck the Naked Brothers band. Though, and Seth Meyers and Jessica Biel, she gives birth. Halle Berry cries. She touches a computer screen with Common on it. Duhamel arrives at the corner that he was supposed to be meeting that one girl. It's closed. Zac Efron comes out of nowhere and kisses Michelle Pfeiffer. Leah stops singing. The people cheer. Frank Sinatra sings. Next scene. Intercutting hopefully stops. Sarah Jessica Parker and Abigail sit at a restaurant. Her friends come and ask her to go with them. And one of their friends' moms watches from the distance and she's being like a total fucking creep. Mm -hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker says, you go to the party. And so she does. Next scene, Josh Duhamel sulks in the corner. Next scene, Sarah Jessica Parker goes somewhere. Next scene, Abigail sits at a restaurant. Naked Brothers Band comes to talk. Abigail doesn't want to talk to him. They go off to speak privately. They kiss. Someone's mom watches them kiss, being really fucking creepy. That's ne- uh, yeah, yeah. That mom, that mom, really just earning, earning. She's given, she even Ashton Kutcher creep like a the, a run for a run for his money. Dude, dude, they would they would fucking be perfect together. So <laughs> why didn't they kiss? So next scene, uh, Hillary Swank is at the hospital. She looks at a picture of her and Daddy De Niro when they were younger. Hillary Swank goes to the maternity ward, a room filled with newborns. Seth Myers and wife look at their baby. Glorious Bastards comes to see the baby. His child was born at 1204. Myers' baby was born at 1205, but it actually wasn't. <laughs> wink, wink. Next scene, Josh Duhamel is walking down the street. He sees someone exit a horse carriage, and it's Sarah Jessica Parker. They run to each other. They're like, holy shit, it's you. They kiss. Some voiceovers talk about how there are things you can't control. We get more tourism bureau shots of New York, and then <laughs> boom, credits start rolling. Only that's not the end of the movie. We see Zach Efron take Michelle Pfeiffer to the fancy party, and he starts like mm-hmm. I don't fucking know, bro dancing and shit. And we yeah. <laughs> end with the credits on some bloopers. Which, Mike, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of miss these in movies. I okay all right all right again again this movie sucked but it's, it's that being yep. said that being said I I do have a I love that I, I I loved that era where it was before where they where everyone learned that they needed to do after where everyone was like we need to do something after the credits you know and and, and like everyone agreed on it mm-hmm. but they didn't do but they hadn't yet done the Marvel thing where it's, they tease the next movie or something like that. They mm-hmm. kind of just go. So they were just like, Oh, what do we put there? Bloopers. And like, honestly love it. Oh my God. That brought me back. That hit me with a, like a, just a good pinch of nostalgia that I did not like think would, would happen, mm-hmm. but lo and behold, it happened. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is, I missed this. Like, cause I just think of the, uh, the uh, like the Monsters Inc. bloopers, mm-hmm. in my opinion, are like the pinnacle of that. Where it was like the animated blooper th- reels, mm-hmm. and this is just oh my god, just yeah, exactly. I want to see it. the blo- I want to see the bloopers to like an A twenty four movie where it's like Midsummer, oh Hereditary, or I don't, I don't Barbarian. It's like or like Swiss <laughs> Army Man, dude. Those bloopers would be I would kill for those bloopers that would be so awesome <laughs> that would be that would be great that would be yeah, honestly pretty great and yeah guys we fucking made it through this movie i this i don't think i've been this exhausted since fucking ice pirates i okay i i have to say ice pirates was the one movie where like 
I was like, I need to go out. I need to take an Advil because this is genuinely like exhausted me and hurts my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie's joined in that fold. Dude, I got to go chug a beer like after this mm-hmm. movie because is it as like offensively bad as, for instance, like an Ice Pirates or a Bucky Larson or pick your pick your texas chainsaw movie no i i wouldn't no i wouldn't say so oh no absolutely not but it just rattles off at a pace and trying to keep track of everything it's really fucking exhausting and mm-hmm. yeah that's i'm out of i'm out of words mike i don't know that does it for me guys um mm-hmm. thank you for listening to this episode of the messed up at midnight podcast go follow us on instagram twitter YouTube, all yep. that shit. Mike, what what do you have? Uh happy New Year's. Uh don't don't go don't go on a don't I I don't even have anything because I would have been like, hey, don't do this thing from the movie. But it's like, I don't know. Ha- happy New Year's. Go get drunk. Go get drunk. Do it responsibly. Call an Uber. Um Yeah, call an Uber. Yeah, call yeah, 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 yeah. That that's our message, guys. Call an Uber, have fun, be safe, don't die. And we will see y'all in 2023. I had to think about that for a second. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're just like, you're like, you're like, you're like, oh, it's not next week. It's 2023. Yeah, ooh. Sorry, guys. I'm still mentally like in 2016. <laughs> oh my God. Were you, you were, you were, you and I were those kids who would sit there and just do the, and draw the previous year and then have to sit there and like scribble it out and like put the, put the other, put the actual year. Bro, now that I work, I'm like, you know, I don't have to like put dates or anything as frequently as I had to like when I was in school. So it's it's mm-hmm. kind of nice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's so nice. So damn nice. All right, guys. Well, we'll see y'all next week. See you next week, everyone. <laughs>